Loan sharks or informal lenders exploit small businesses with exorbitant interest rates. In this B-side episode, Baasandorj Davasurin, Chief Business Development Officer of fintech solution company and Global, shares with Business World reporter Aaron Michael CC learnings from Mongolia's experience with loan sharks. Okay, so getting into the issue, maybe you can provide a refresher of what loan sharks are, what they do, and what kind of issues they generally pose to you know governments, uh, economics, in terms of the consumer level and the government level. Yeah, so in Mongolia, uh, usually it's like back when we were starting, back in 2016, there were a lot of loan sharks. <laughs> so uh, as same for a lot of developing countries. So how they used to operate was that they used to offer 5% interest per day. So it was extremely high interest rate for people and it's usually uncollateralized. So there's no collateral behind it. So a lot of the merchants and small business owners, they only had these kind of options and they use it for working capital uh, for like a day or two or maybe maximum of seven days or so. So since there's no uh, collateral behind this loan, a lot of the, I guess you could say tactics used by the loan sharks are very not ideal. Uh, and even from the economic perspective, it's not really healthy indicator. That's how at least our financial regulatory commission sees it. Uh, so back what they used to do is that they used to have like a very big, uh, large black SUVs, just like in the movies. And they have a lot of, I guess you could say, um, all bald people, very big bodies, right? And uh, they used intimidation and uh, some certain stories were horrific in terms of uh, like real physical injuries and things like that, right? So those kind of, uh, uh, I guess you could say in the past, so that's about seven years ago, that's how they used to operate. So back then, even Mongolia was a very developing nation. For the seven years, uh, our financial system, how it have developed to where it is right now, the, in terms of the development pace has been extremely quick. Now, sort of getting into the Philippines, how severe would you say the presence of loan sharks here are here in the country compared to mm. Mongolia? From what I'm hearing, uh, currently, as of 2023, in Mongolia, as a developing country, the loan sharks are, it doesn't show on the data set or any kind of market research. And you can't even use, like, go for it and look for it, right? So it has come to that scale. So it's very minimized. It's usually around, like, uh, in Mongolia, in the capital city, we have, like, two big black markets, yeah, in a way, so, like, a wholesaler market. I heard that they are centered around there. That's the only place that they're operating, but I couldn't really find them. So it's very minimized. It doesn't really show up in the numbers. Uh, apparently in Philippines, uh, because of the geographical difference between Mongolia and Philippines, what I'm hearing is that in Mongolia, we're a landlocked country. So we're bordered between Russia and China. So we can't go to hop off to a different island. Uh, so for instance, in, uh, compared to Philippines, right, it has like a thousand islands or something like that. So, uh, these kind of things are very hard for, at least for the regulatory bodies to track. So I heard that there are many, uh, in certain, uh, key islands and, uh, for the certain, uh, segmentation of the population, it really works. Uh, but, uh, again, the population of Philippines is very large market compared to Mongolia. It's about like 30x or so, right? 100 million people in Mongolia, we have three. So, uh, yeah, in terms of severeness, I think it's much more severe than Mongolia right now. But I think it's on the upward trajectory of developing and basically making sure they're more minimized in a healthy way. So what kind of issues do they pose in relation to maybe a country's or the Philippines' economic growth and consumers' access to credit in general? 
What we're looking at uh, from our know-how is that uh, in terms of there were there are two primary concerns that uh, we have seen in the Mongolian market around seven years ago. The first one is that the general financial literacy of the population is really key indicative uh, in terms of their loan sharks presence, right? So a lot of people don't know the financial products and financial product scheme behind it. So they think like 5% loan per month or per week is okay. So they always think like, I guess that's just how it is, right? But at the same time, uh, doing a business by that interest rate, even like 3% a month, basically 36% APR, right? Per year. Having a small business to have that kind of margin is unheard of. It's basically just killing the business itself, right? Currently in Mongolia, we have around 84,000 businesses. The top 100 companies provide, I believe, 75% of the revenue here in Mongolia. But at the same time, the remaining 84,000 and I guess 900, these organizations provide the reverse 80% of the workforce are labored by this. Uh, small entity, small, uh, small enterprise businesses, right? So we see that a lot in terms of real economic drive and real financial impact of the country itself. It really, it just comes down to small to medium enterprises. And currently the last five years, everyone's say talking about MSME, right? Micro, small, medium enterprises. So these kind of are, um, businesses, your mom and pop shops, your small, uh, handcraft bakery shops, right? These kind of businesses are the key driving indicators in terms of, uh, sustainable growth in the country's economy. Of course, we have the mega infrastructure projects, bigger conglomerate companies doing supply chain related mining, real estate, like these kind of bigger things, right? But the real economic drivers for that part. So these kind of people, uh, financial literacy is key. That's my first point. The second part is that just the sheer availability of the financial product itself uh, in terms of accessibility. So uh, a lot of the times when we were starting back in 2016, for a retail customer like myself, right, I was getting my uh, salary from a bank and I wanted to go to that bank and get a salary loan. I had to fill out 45 different fields and wait for five working days. Yeah. And they already know me, right? They already came and see me. I, get, I have current accounts. I have saving accounts with the bank. And uh, the, they give me a form. I have to fill it out 45 fields. The first field, it says, write your name, first name and last name, right? And like, that's how it was in back in 2016. Right now it comes down to like, I believe last time I checked, it was like 10 fields or so. And uh, banks were processing loans in about uh, eight hours or so. So basically one working day. Uh, so that's kind of the pace and uh, the availability of the product. It's so wide. Every bank and every NBFI is providing SME loan, uh, salary loan, uh, uh, small working capital loan. So a lot of the, I guess you could say, uh, the product's availability was, uh, the supply side was very big, uh, to fill the demand side, right? So once that intersections are crossed, I guess you could say loan sharks are pretty much non-existent and, uh, it's very hard for them to operate that business itself, right? So they have gone to, I guess you could say in Mongolia, they have gone to rural areas or, uh, like very far from the capital city itself where the infrastructure development is very poor. Or even the, I guess you could say my other part, right? The, the financial literacy is very poor. So that's how they're operating it. But eventually our sector is growing very healthy and very quick pace, as I said. So eventually I think they will just pretty much disappear from existence within the last, uh, the next five years. How about in the Philippines? Do you, how do you see, you know, there's also a big number of MSMEs here. From what you hear from your uh, branch in the Philippines, how would you say, are they being targeted by loan sharks uh, often? What's the presence like here? 
So usually for, I guess you would say, more well-established entities to offer financial products to MSMEs, there are two main problems, right? The first main problem is that income verification. So like, is it legit income and where is it coming from? So it's very hard to identify that. For retail customers, I guess you would say B2C loans, right? We can get their payslip and we can get check the credit bureau data and then just give out the loans. But for these small businesses, it's very, as I said, they have their own personal account. They have their business account for tax purposes. It's very intertwined between each other. So it's very hard for us to determine which uh, income is related to the business. Uh, so this is the way, uh, the first hard part. The second part is that for uh, Philippines economy, uh, we need to bring in, uh, I guess you could say, larger stakeholders, like international financial institutions, right? They will just put in hundreds of millions of dollars to MSMEs. What they require and what their shareholders requires is that we have to track the use of proceeds of that money. So let's say our Philippines branch is in coordination and from international finance solution, we get like hundred million dollars, right? And we want to distribute this loan to MSMEs to make a real financial impact. We are obligated to report to that international finance institution that the loans that we give up to what, uh, for MSMEs, right? This micro SMEs. What are they using it for, the use of proceeds? So we need to track that in a very real-time basis, right? So certain uh, innovative, I guess you could say not innovative, but uh, I guess solutionism at its best is that in Thailand, right, there's a lot of food stands, same as in the Philippines. For banks and financial institutions, for one day, they was just uh, sitting at uh, one corner of the certain specific street, right? The next day comes in, they're not there. So they go to a different district or in terms of the demand, right? They go to a festival. So it's very hard for us to track what kind of money are they using? Are they really bringing in money, right? So in terms of like human uh, manual labor, we have to sit next to them and uh, see their um, uh, income and we have to track them hand by hand, right? So that's the solution that is. Uh, but uh, in the last three years or so, there has been many innovative solutions to solve this problem, such as uh, behavioral scoring. They're using social media. They're using their SMS call history. Uh, it, even the applications that they use on a daily basis and even their telecommunication score inside. So to go into that, the major problem is that the data providers of it and also the regulatory environment of it, can we actually mine the data? Can we actually use it for the credit scoring purposes, right? So in terms of uh, certain countries, a lot of them are more, I guess you could say, European-focused in terms of GDPR, in terms of their data privacy laws. So it has become, it's kind of becoming a burden for bigger companies to enter the, this kind of market and really solve this issue, right? Uh, otherwise, the only problem is that locally, there need to be the conglomerate companies bringing in. Uh, it has more advantage to them. They have more competitive advantage since they, especially if they uh, if they own a telco, telecommunication company, it's easier for them to scale up and uh, mine the data itself to accurately assess their income. So in terms of uh, the regu regulatory environment of the Philippines in relation to uh, loan sharks and uh, targeting MSMEs, what would you say the regulators could do to sort of change and benefit MSMEs and protect them from these kinds of scams? So I'm just basing it off uh, from my local market here in Mongolia. Uh, so the credit bureau data itself is very, very sophisticated right now, especially in 2023. So that kind of uh, data source and technological infrastructure is very important for financial institutions to operate uh, before like uh, that uh, database was sophisticated people will just 
uh, get as much money as possible from five different banks within 24 hours. And then it would be just, they would just pay the money, right, for the loan itself. So these kind of real-time updates, we call it RTGS, I believe. Uh, so these kind of infrastructure investments are very, uh, they make for us to operate our business more easily and more safely. So it would, that would be the ideal factor. I heard that we are in Philippines, there is a credit bureau, uh, but in terms of the uh, length and uh, how people put the data to the system, in terms of their, how long they wait, right? So these kind of uh, regulatory environments needs to more tighten up. Here in Mongolia, I believe it's about two working days. It was 30 days. So right now it has come down to two days so that we can minimize. And we are also protecting other financial institutions in Mongolia, right? So it's more uh, interest aligned. That's the first part. In terms of data privacy law and generally how the country is seen, I think the countries needs to, uh, the government and the regulatory bodies need to uh, get on one side. It's either United States, like more free market, capital market side, so anybody can do it, right? Uh, that kind of part. Or it's more Europe-based. Europe is very contingent, very hard to operate the business itself, right? It's mainly for local companies doing local businesses. So it's in a way it kind of protects them. But I guess the third option is basically China, right? Uh, no outsiders, and then you just have to come in from the inside, and every data is shared with the government. The government just does the whole thing, right? So yeah, in Mongolia, we're kind of leaning towards European data protection laws. Uh, so that is uh, also, uh, I guess you could say, we kind of foresaw that. So it's not really a big issue for us. But I don't know the specific details of how Philippines and regulatory bodies uh, strategy uh, and what their direction is at the moment. So it's just my experience from here in Mongolia. So how about uh, on the private sector side? What do you think banks, financial institutions in general could do to help address this issue? Uh, for private sectors, uh, a lot of the times is that the interest rate itself needs to be substantially low. So that directly co- uh, contributes, uh, that directly is connected with the funding side you know, for the financial institutions. Most of the time when they're bigger, uh, they're putting, pulling in funding from a different source and giving it to MSMEs or SMEs, the business loans, right? So for this kind of funding source to be, the costs should be lower so that interest rate offered to the MSMEs are lower, right? So a lot of the times, these kind of uh, financial institutions are do- going into more impact financing and they're more going into uh, women-led businesses, SMEs, right? So these kind of green financing, climate change, uh, inclusive financing, so that they can get their funding costs lower. And also they can provide lower interest rate products to the MSMEs, right? A lot of the times from what we're seeing here in Mongolia is that when we offer loans to SMEs, the general interest rate is lower than the retail market itself, which totally makes sense is that generally for retail, when we offer loans, uh, they're using it for more consumer loans, right? They're getting a fridge, they're getting a, a phone or a car. Uh, but for this MSMEs, it's real working capital loan. They're putting in their supplies, they're putting in their invoice orders, right? So these kind of stuff, the, the interest rate needs to be lower so that it's more friendly towards the business itself. So that's one of the first things that a lot of financial institutions and private sectors are doing. The second part is that generally when you go into SME uh, sector, the NPL ratio, right, the non-performing loan is very high. Uh, so we have to really, really accept that. So currently in Mongolia, our lending business, the portfolio is about $35 million right now. We're number one fintech in Mongolia. Our NPL is about 4%. The industry average is eight. So we're like very below. We're keeping very low, which is very good. 
Uh, the industry average for SMEs is about 20%. It's very high. So a lot of the times, these kind of small SMEs, the risk factor is very hard to predict. Uh, for the last 10 years of experience, I've talked with uh, many industry leaders and what they're saying, it's a bit of a funny story, but the number one indicator of the loan going into non-performing loan is that uh, founders, I guess you can say founders, they get divorced. So usually when they, uh, uh, the small businesses, their husband and wife and both of them are doing the, uh, they kind of divided the work, right? And then they get divorced and basically the business itself goes bankrupt and people don't pay the loan, right? So that's what, that's the case in Mongolia for the last 10 years. And for financial institutions like us, even when we use the best machine learning algorithm, we can't predict when they will, uh, divorce, right? Or get separated. So that's a bit of a funny story. Uh, but what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, for these, uh, small, uh, businesses, uh, we really need to focus on the industry itself. So when we go into, I guess you could say mining company supply chain sector, right? A lot of people are providing raw materials to mining companies or versus, I guess you could say trade sector, like a small mom and pop shop, right? Generally, the mom and pop shop as working capital loan requirement, capital requirement is very low. And also chances of them going bankrupt is very low. So what we're kind of looking at is that we're not the biggest bank here in Mongolia, but uh, we're seeing that in order to, to do this business as safely as possible and as impactful as possible, we probably need to carve out like a certain industry or a cluster uh, so that it will make a big impact. And after that, Given that know-how and we will have a feeling for the market and the product itself, right? We'll have the KPIs ready for the uh, product. Maybe then we can scale into different industries. A lot of the times, big international financial institutions, they come in, they do consulting, and they try to solve all of the problems by once. And all of them have failed miserably, at least here in Mongolia for the last 10 years. A lot of, I guess you could say, Western people come in and uh, they do consulting, they talk big numbers, big things. The local market itself is very uh, unique to it, right? Uh, for It's similar to Philippines in terms of uniqueness. Mongolia itself is like we're a post-Soviet Union country that is landlocked and uh, a very vast amount of land and very small population. And uh, uh, in terms of the, uh, I guess you could say culture, we're really more towards Western, not Eastern. So a lot of the times we're called in terms of like a academic language, we're called Euro-Asian. So not really Asian, but European Asian. So that's what we were considering. So we're not into like hardcore Eastern, right? Like China or Japan, it's like in terms of culture-wise. Uh, so it's a very unique composition to do a lending business here. Same goes to Philippines, right? In terms of geographical difference, a lot of people, financial institutions have come to Philippines. Uh, they see the number of 100 million population. They say, oh my God, this is a big market. Everybody's going to go kill it, right? And they're calling it the FinTech graveyard. A lot of businesses have, have gone, in, gone into Philippines and they actually have failed uh, because they have underestimated the market's complexity and uniqueness of the culture itself. And they have overestimated their uh, I guess you could say capabilities to acquire market share in the Philippines. So that's kind of what we see. Uh, for us, we saw, uh, we took a different approach. Uh, Philippines lending business itself is growing substantially, but it's a very small balance. Well, in terms of our user base, it's very, I don't have the specific numbers right now, uh, but uh, we're going in more careful approach. We don't want to go out gun blazing and uh, uh, be, I guess you could say, ultra ambitious. Of course, we're ambitious, but we're more taking in a careful approach, at least in the Philippines market.
Low financial literacy makes individuals and businesses more vulnerable to loan sharks. Mr. Davasuran said, potential solutions include MSME-specific loans at lower interest rates, as well as improved credit data access for better decision-making. This has been another B-Side episode. Subscribe now and enjoy a new episode every week.